Welcome to How to Split a Toaster, a divorce podcast about saving your relationships from True Story FM. Today, tell your toaster to slow down. Welcome. No, that's not the type of slowing down you meant, Pete. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Seth Nelson. As always, I'm here with my good friend, Pete Wright. Today, we're talking about the value of time. Specifically, what is the value of taking time to understand yourself before taking action on your relationship? To help us work through a 90-day plan to clear the decks and to take stock, we welcome our friend, Deborah Driggs, back to the show. Her experience with divorce, trauma, and recovery and recovery has fueled her across the career landscape, and she understands, with the best of them, the value of exploring oneself before making dramatic change. Deborah, welcome back to the toaster. Always, it's it's always nice to be asked back. You know that made me it feel nice. that made me feel really good. So thank you. So it's, I did not get married for the first time until I was in my early thirties, and people used to say to me all the time well, do you get nervous on first dates? And I'm like, no, I don't get nervous on first dates. I get nervous on second dates because I haven't had a lot of those, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So I didn't get asked back a lot. (laughs) Yeah, that's when you really have to like put it into gear, right? Oh my God, we're going back again? We're going back in? All right. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. It's like that whole thing. Like no matter how many people you date, there's always the milestone of you are now the longest person I've ever dated. Like this is this is the longest I've made. made it past every subsequent relationship. You've now succeeded. Now I don't know what to do. Uh, <laughs> and and so that leads us to our our conversation today. Uh, Deb, we're excited to have you back because you you actually brought this topic uh, uh, to us and we just really resonated with it. It's this whole idea of just slowing down and you have a you have a 90 day uh, kind of methodology, I guess, that you you are thinking about. But our our entire uh, uh, vibe is let's slow down before we make before we and tackle ourselves. But before we tackle the world around us, um, can you talk about where this came from for you? Well, a lot of mistakes. You know, you start to figure things out when you make a lot of mistakes. And when you're sitting in that failure quite often, Like, okay, what is the solution here? What is really going on? And how the 90-day program started was, I thought, I have to remove, I remember just thinking, I'm so frustrated, I have to remove everything. Everything has to stop now. And at that time in my life, I kept doing other people's programs and other people's coaching and yoga retreats and this and that. And I thought, no, I'm going to do my own program. And so really what I did was I removed, or it, it all started because I had a breakup. What I felt from that, and it was in like around November, 2020. And I, and I knew that this relationship wasn't right. It wasn't like somebody left me. It, I really didn't want to be in the relationship, but all of a sudden I had this devastating feeling and I thought, okay, it's not just the breakup. Like something's going on with me. And have you had that feeling before when you broke up? The devastation? Yes. And so I, I, it was, I recognized this pattern because I thought, why do I get this way after a breakup? Like, or, every, like I remember every time you're, brought, go, you're going yes. through a wash, rinse, repeat, shampoo, bottle instructions. Here we go. The pattern's back. And so I thought, yeah. okay, I need to figure this out because now I'm on a mission of like, 
you know how we we can solve other areas in our life. This was that one area that just kept repeating. And I thought. Yeah, it's like locked in a yeah. box. It's the box okay. that you drag around yeah, with like, you. We're at the beginning. It's like, almost like it's a set thing. Breakup, yeah. devastation, stay in bed, don't eat, cry. You know, yeah. it's like, well, who made that, those rules? Wait, like, a, wait minute. a second. Wait a minute. That sounds like Pete's Saturday afternoon. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, I know. What are we what are we doing judging? You come on the show and judge. No, my I didn't say it day. was a bad <laughs> thing, Pete. I thought it was sounded pretty good. <laughs> and I'm sure he's got his tub of uh Hagen dogs. Ben and Jerry's. Exactly. Oh I was taught this by Hollywood, Deb. I was taught in order to break up, the cultural expectation is misery for a while and 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 n- not exploration. Exactly. Yeah. And so now I find it all very fascinating because now that I've done this pro- my program that I created, mm-hmm. what I realized through doing that was I needed to get back to me first. And just like you said, slow down. Let's just get through lunch and let's reevaluate what's really going on here. And so what I did was I removed everything. I removed, I took everything off the table that wasn't going to serve me or was going to be something outside of myself to try to fix how I felt. All right, give me some examples thought, okay, of that. Wait, wait, what, so what, what, is, what, like, what kind of stuff? I did not travel for six months. I did not date for six months. I didn't do the sexting thing where the guy texts, hey, what's up? You know, and in the past, I would just always be like chiming in with that. And then I realized, no, that's not serving me. So that got removed. And by the way, during this process, I went through my entire phone. We're talking a lot of years. And I cleaned out every every contact that served, wasn't, adding value to my life and my probably wasn't adding value to theirs. And I thought, why is this still in my contact? Oh my God, Deborah, if I did that, I would just have to do like delete all. (laughs) You you collect the wrong contacts, man. That's what happened. I started realizing and I thought what I did was kind of like how you clean out your closet. I went through my phone that way. It was like, have I talked to this person in six months? No. Totally delete. Yeah. And what's interesting, you guys, I just celebrated my 59th birthday two days ago. Uh, I, I, it was really interesting because now when a text comes in and the names, the contacts not there, I can just delete it and know that it's something that I removed and it, it's, I don't need that anymore in my life. Yeah. And so I got a lot of that on my birthday and I thought that's interesting. That's a good time to try to reconnect with somebody, right? On their birthday or when sure. or when an event happens. So I cleaned out my phone. So you get a lot of just blank numbers and you don't like you don't dive in and, and not respond. Anymore. You're not no, not, not since anymore. I did this program. No. Because I what I All did right. is I cleaned out anybody that I knew was there was it was a dead end and and it was kind of that fly by night relationship. Left yeah, my, you know, it's like you're doing my energy. Yeah, it's a. This is the 90 day uh, emotional decluttering. Like, this, what a good time to do this, right? Here it is. It's January. We're as we're talking. Yeah. Like, we we talk about decluttering our closets, decluttering the drawers, and giving away stuff in our house that doesn't serve us anymore. And this is a this is the emotional decluttering. It you can't. I mean, you could not say it more perfectly. That's exactly what I do. So if you take travel and alcohol and sugar and sexting and dating and binging on Netflix and 
all of this, you remove it. I do it for, I, with my clients, I do it for 90 days. And they're like, what, why? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, just try it. I did, I, I did it for 90 days and yeah. all of a sudden it was like, it was like somebody took this like film and it like, oh, I can see. You all know? right, so it was I'm, like, yeah. I'm fascinated now. I get okay, all the so things that you removed. So imagine, then I was like, well, why am I stopping? Let's keep going because more is going to be revealed. And so I did it for six yeah. months. I have to tell you, when I went back and started dating with these new set of glasses and this new freedom of like, I'm back to myself and I felt it, I could feel mm-hmm. the shift and I'd, I'd yeah. sit on a date and these poor guys had no chance because I literally, I was so, no, really. I mean, I'm just saying because I wasn't, you start to realize you're not really up for small talk anymore. And when you remove yeah. that negative stuff that's not serving, you take away everything that's affecting you from the neck up, right? I don't want right. to take anything on the outside that's going to change how I feel on the inside. And now you're really clear and you're seeing things differently. And now you're you're dating with that lens. But what did you do? Like you remove all this stuff. I mean, you just described my whole weekend, like binging yeah, right. and yeah. eating in so then properly. I had, like, so basically what I did is I created this on two whiteboards. Okay. And on one whiteboard, here's what we're removing. And then on this whiteboard, I put everything we're doing for 90 days. So I okay. did a consistent routine. It was the reason why I thought of this was because everybody was doing 75 hard. And I didn't. Un- wait, wait, what's 75 hard? It I don't was know what the big craze is. two years ago where everybody was signing up and you'd get the app and it was two workouts a day, a gallon of water. Oh, it's like a physical, it was a physical thing, thing, like a and, physical cleansing. Yeah, and people type. were creating yeah. their own little, um, you know, WhatsApp groups and Facebook groups. Yeah, there are little communities. So that's where this all started because I started to do 75 hard. And I thought, well, what if I did this for an emotional cleanse? Forget the physical part of it because I always seem to be doing other people's programs and I am physically, that seemed, that was easy for me. What the hard part for me was doing the emotional cleanse. And that's when it like I woke up at two in the morning. I was like, wait a second, because I was really riddled with all this like sadness and anxious feelings and like codependency and love addiction and like all these different things that were floating around in my head that I was obsessing about. I thought, what if I clean all that out? I want to know, I, I want to know when you start to notice change in your life, because I imagine that, that it's like any time you, you're quitting something, right? Anytime you quit, you know, you quit drinking coffee, you get headaches and the shakes for a little while. You quit sugar and you, you feel bad for a while. Like anytime you do any sort of cleanse, there is the, the darkness before the, the light of day. And I'm, I'm curious your experience of, of that. When you start that process, how long before you realize that there is positive change ahead of you? I would say the first mark was right around the 30 day, you know, because you see things, you, you okay. see things a little bit in the beginning, but here's the thing that I, that I realized because I had to really stick to it to make sure yeah. that I could really speak about it. And I will say this, it's probably one of the hardest things I've ever done because it really, like I, there was a lot of crying. There was a lot of, 
F this, I'm going to go to Cabo. Why am I doing this? I don't have to do this. Why am I doing this at this point in my life? I don't have to. I can do anything. I can go to Cabo. See, and that's mm-hmm. that's this again. Here we go. Yeah, I can do right. Like, no, we're going to sit through these uncomfortable feelings. This is fascinating. All of a sudden, I want to put on my... And then I started writing like crazy. You know, and so then... Okay, that's really interesting. It like un- unblocks other pieces of you that get blocked well, up. Right. Because like who knows what that thing would be for other folks. But here's for you, what happened. you start writing. I started writing a weekly blog. Now, you mm-hmm. guys, I didn't know I was going to start coaching. I didn't know that I was going to write a book. I didn't know any of this before I did this. And I just wrote a weekly blog thinking, well, let's see if anybody reads it. Now I get emails weekly from my mm-hmm. blog. And what I did was I thought, well, if I'm going to go through this program, why not write about what I'm going through? And I, I, when I look back at my first blogs now, it's so funny because my writing style has yeah. changed. But in the beginning, I was so in this cleanse. I remember one of my first blogs was one called Running Shoes because I was like, I just want to run. And all of a sudden it hit me. I've been a runner my whole life. You know, when things get bad, let's move. Let's change relationships. Let's go on a trip. Let's change what's happening. Seth Nelson, did you know that according to the National Institute of Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, 10% of children live with a parent with an alcohol use disorder? Pete, I did know that. As a family law professional, it's an alarming statistic every time I hear it. And we just got through the holidays. We hope everyone came through that happy, healthy, and safe. We're in the new year, but we want to always make sure that kids are safe, whether it's the holidays, Christmas, New Year's, Thanksgiving, or a random Tuesday. And the way we do that is we work with Soberlink to make sure that parents have real-time independent third-party verification that you can make sure that kids are safe when they're with you or with your uh, co-parent. Okay, so what? how do they do that? What does is, what is Soberlink do? So Soberlink, it, it, it's a device. It looks like a breathalyzer, but it's a lot more than a breathalyzer. It is a device with facial recognition built into it. It is connected to your phone, but they also have a cellular model for those in North America who don't want to deal with phones and all, all the technology there. You blow into it and it registers your blood alcohol level and instantly sends it to those who need to know. Co-parents, attorneys, those who need to be aware of your sobriety at any given time, particularly when you're about to drive with the kids. And I hear you, people out there saying, Pete, she's always been accusing me of this or he's always been saying this about me and it's just not true. I get it. I litigate it all the time. But when you have he said, she said, courts typically come down on saying, I'm going to protect the kids. So take that argument out from the court system. Take it out from making a decision by a governmental employee called a judge. How do you do that? You get Soberlink, you blow into it two or three times a day, and you can show in real time that when you have the children, you have no alcohol in your system. So when you get to court three months, six months, whatever, later, or mediation, that is no longer an issue because you have independent third-party verification that eliminates the he said, she said. It's going to save you money time and a whole lot of heartache and litigation. And you know what the best part is? You get your kids. 
blow into Soberlink, bing, bam, boom, you're a parenting hero. You can't, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. Uh, so sign up and receive $50 off of your Soberlink device. Just head over to Soberlink.com slash toaster. That's Soberlink.com slash toaster. And, uh, uh, you know, save your relationship with your kids. Thanks to Soberlink for sponsoring this show. So here's here's my question. Because you're listing off all these things that were certainly true for you that you wanted to change. How does one identify those aspects to which they should change? So, for example, you're saying, look, I was running from relationships or I would go on trips or like, is that different for your different clients? Do they have different yeah. things that they do to cope? Of course. And how do you identify those those things that you need it's to change? It's a great question. So I go through a list of questions. So I'll give you an example. I'm working with this girl right now. This is interesting because you see, you cannot, when you transmit off something different, people notice, right? They start to go, well, what is she doing? Because that's not the way I remember her. And so I had somebody from my past reach out to me and she was in a frantic mode when she called me and she's like, I know you're a life coach. I've been in this relationship for seven years. It's been off and on and all this chaos. And I just sat and listened. I didn't say one word. And then there was this silence. And I just asked her one thing. I said, are you coachable? She's like, what? I said, are you coachable? Because I do have a 90-day program. And be- just from what you're, what you just said for the last 10 minutes, because I didn't interrupt her, I just listened. And mm-hmm. I said, just from what you said, this 90-day program will can reach. She goes, well, I've done 90 days. I've done 30 days. I've done... Not to be rude, but it's not working. What we do is what you're, I think, how to answer your question is, did we, we go down some sort of checklist? And basically, if you're, if you're suffering... If you're feeling this anxious obsession over something else or somebody else, then this is a program for you. Because when we start having that that turmoil inside of ourselves about someone else, that's that's a very good sign to me that an emotional cleanse is due. Because all this stuff starts to stack, right? We, I, I got divorced in 2004. I've had a couple relationships and every relationship since then, I've had that feeling after it ends of just abandonment, devastation, turmoil, waking up at two in the morning. Like it doesn't have to be that way. Right. And you mentioned something very interesting because we had JT, who is a, um, a physical fitness coach. And he does more than that. He does nutrition and healthy eating, not just to look better, but to be healthier. Mm-hmm. And on his questionnaire, it says one to 10, 10 being the most committed, one being the least committed. How committed are you to making this change? And then you answer that question. And then the very next statement is, if that answer wasn't eight or higher, you can stop now. You're not ready. Thank you. And so that's, that's, a, so when I do my 15 minute compliment, I have people call me and tell me all the stuff, right? The story, I get this whole story and I, I, I can see it right away. 
they can't see it. I can see it right away. Because mm-hmm. when you're telling me this whole big story, I'm like, okay. And I ask the same thing. Are you coachable? Mm-hmm. And like, how badly do you want to make this change? Because if you're not, if I don't, listen, I take a three-month commitment financially for a reason. <laughs> because yeah. most people want to drop out after two weeks because when they start to get uncomfortable, they're like, yeah, I'll just go back to those old habits. And so yeah. I do the same thing. I'm like, I'm not for everybody because you got to really stick but through it. There's yeah. a good point to that because some people will actually focus more on the money than on the change. But when you make them kind yeah. of buck up. But my, my question is, if you're in a relationship and you kind of see this thing happening, right? You want to stay in this relationship, but you're having some issues or you've had issues in the past, does this require your partner to do it as well? Or is it just a solo deal? I would say solo deal to start. I mean, isn't that the whole point? Like exploring yourself before you can do everything else. You can't transmit anything you haven't got. And so you have to, we have to, we have to work on this first before we try to change. See, that's usually in relationships you'll hear, well, he's doing this, she's doing this. And it's all about what the other person is doing instead of, Mm -hmm. well, let me sit back and figure out what it is I'm doing. You're in a relationship. It's not going well. Typically, people say, let's go to marriage counseling. Let's go to counseling together. But what you're saying is you need to just work on yourself first. So I'm imagining a situation where someone says to their partner or spouse, things aren't going well. I'm going to go work on me for a while. That's got to be pretty scary to that spouse hearing that because they don't know what might change and they're not in the room. How do you deal with that? Or how does the person going through the change deal with that if they have a spouse that's not like, oh, well, let's go to counseling together. And they're like, no, 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 no. I just need to work on me. Almost like it's not you, it's me. It almost sounds like the old breakup line from high school. Right, no, and it's not. And that this is the beautiful thing. So I do have, um, I have someone who's going through a divorce right now. And I said, well, before you really go go the distance with this, do you want to try the 90 days and just see if maybe you get a different perspective? Because sometimes when we, well, not sometimes, when we remove this, all these distractions and all these outside influences, and we can get really quiet with ourselves, the answer might be different. So that's what mm-hmm. I worry for her. And so she said, yeah, she was willing because I said, it's never for a lack of love that people divorce it's usually and and i i have to say i've been really fascinated by this because now when i talk to i was just talking to a really close friend we got divorced around the same time and we were both saying how if we would have worked on ourselves at that time because we have very similar stories and that we probably would still be married because as you get older you realize that that it's nonsense these things that we yeah so anyway so to, to go back to that question I think that it's a really beautiful thing if you can go to your partner and say, you know, I'm feeling something and I'm not sure what it is. And if it's okay with you, I'd like to work on myself to find out what it is that's going on. I I feel like I'm bringing that yeah. into this relationship. And I want to I want to see if it is me and where I where I'm at in this relationship. I cuz I really want to be here to give. And I think when you 
bring I'm, something to the table that's of love and of giving and you, you know, and that's why a mentor and a coach is so imperative really, because when somebody yeah. who's good, because if I, if I said to this woman, hey, why don't you just go and let your partner know that, you know, there's a divorce on the table. I don't think he wanted it. And so I said, why don't you just say, you know, I want to come from a loving place right now, but I am going through something. It could be yeah. a midlife. Deb, I got I to gotta pivot. I, wanna, I, I have to pivot because I, I really want to bring that experience back to the law because I feel like this is where, you know, if you're listening to this and you're in a place where you think divorce might be on the table, how does this model potentially help? Like we, we talk often about Seth being, you know, a, a attorney and counselor at law, right? And, and I, I feel like this is a chance to at least explore for people for a minute uh, how you might benefit from slowing down in, before you start the process. Seth, I mean, does anything come up for that? Oh, yeah. So it's a question I get a lot is, uh, what's the difference between divorce and legal separation? And I say, well, listen, in Florida, check your local jurisdiction. Basically, there is no legal separation. So you're either married or you're not. And there's always a gray area in the law, which I'm not going to get into the nuance of this, but from the emotional divorce, it can play a huge impact. Now, what Deborah's talking about is going to your spouse before you say, look, I'm going to go talk to the lawyer. We've mentioned divorce a few times. Obviously, things aren't going well. I'm going to go work on myself. Yeah. But if you're having that open, honest, vulnerable conversation with your spouse, that's one thing. If you go work on that all by yourself, and your spouse doesn't know, and you kind of be like, okay, I've done all this work, I realize this relationship doesn't work for me any longer, but I'm in a better place, I'm gonna focus on myself, and then you mention divorce, and then you hire the lawyer, you've gone through the grieving process, you're at acceptance now, you've done all the hard work, and your spouse might not see it coming. It doesn't matter what you've told your spouse. It doesn't matter whether you say, I'm really going to file for divorce this time. And like, they will be shocked. And if they're one of the people that are shocked, you're going to think, how did they not see this coming? Where they just might not have seen it. It was in their blind spot. So the way it impacts on the law is that's one of those things where people are splitting up and they're at a different stage of the grief, which because they are, they deal with the divorce differently. And sometimes that makes it harder, not easier because they're in different places. So one person will be angry. So they're going to want to fight and they're going to want to negotiate and just bargain. I'll do anything to save the marriage, not to get rid of the divorce or I don't want to get divorced. I want you in my life. And the only thing keeping me connected with you right now is this divorce litigation. And as crazy as that, string it out as long as I can, I'm going to just ride this wave until it is done. And I think, that's the thing. I, I I think rationalizing these two things, one is being true to yourself and finding your authentic sort of whole and doing so in a way that to the point of our entire podcast is targeted towards saving the most report, important relationships in your lives if you still deem them worth saving. But doing so uh, openly seems like you're doing a service to both parties. Yeah. And how do you know? That's 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 my that? question. That's where that? I come in. Yeah. How do you know? Totally. Is this true? You know, the questions that I ask when women come and they go, he da 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 and they give me the whole story and I go, How do you know? And then they stop, yeah. you know, and they go, Well, I don't I don't I'm not sure. And I go, 
that alone is reason to do the 90 days because if you're not sure and you're just playing the guessing game, but there's still feelings, just go through this 90 days. Now, obviously- And I have those, Deborah, I have those same conversations a little differently. Okay. They'll call me and they'll start telling me all about their spouse. And I'll say, what's your goal for this conversation? And then they'll tell me, well, I want to get divorced. I said, that's not going to happen in this conversation. What's your goal when we hang up the phone? I want, I'm here to serve you. I'm specifically asking you, what kind of service do you want? What are you asking me to do for you right now? And then they'll say, well, I want some information or how does the process work? And, you know, I want to know about the kids, how that works. I say, okay. And I'll start going through some basic questions. How long you've been married? Are there kids? How many ages? And then they'll start telling me about the spouse. Or I'll say, what kind of parenting plan and timesharing and custody visitations are you thinking about? Well, I want this, but he won't agree. I said, I'm not asking about him. It is really hard for people when they're initially talking to me and they're emotional to not talk about their spouse. I force it back to them because I finally will tell them, I don't care what your spouse wants in this conversation. I care. I represent you. Thank you. I, I want to know what you want. You. By the way, it's, it's a struggle. You, and by the way, I bet you're just getting the short version of what I get because because I'm the coach. I get the longest stories of. Oh, Deborah, I get longest stories all day long, and then I'll tell them my rate, and if they want me just to listen. And, and this is what separates me from different lawyers. Yeah. I will tell them, I'm not the warm and fuzzy lawyer. Yeah. If you're looking for that, there's another one that will sit back, put their feet up, crack a beer, and charge you a lot of money to listen to your story. But that doesn't help move your case forward. It's so funny. We have a way of communicating with it's, our office that's going to save time and money on to get that r- important information when, in, when we need it. Yeah. But it, it's a balancing act because I have to build trust and rapport with the client which you can't always do if you just cut them off. Well, and here's here's what's really interesting. I have I've gotten to the point where I this this poor I keep coming back to this example because I'm working with her right now, but she wants so desperately to tell me everything about this guy and you know his habits and this and that. And I said, here's here's the deal. We can spend this fifty minutes talking about him, but I really want to talk about you, mm-hmm. you know, and I want to help you. I don't really care about him. And he really bought him at, at the end of the day. He has nothing to do yeah. with the conversation I want to have with you. He's just. I would just devil's advocate that, yeah. though, Deb. Like, what is the like if, if there is any sense in talking through all of the things that are running around in your head? Might it be catharsis? Might it be I just have to vomit all this emotional stuff out before I can talk about myself? Is there any sense maybe, to that? Maybe for the first call, you know. You like you like okay. that's why I said for the first call I just sit and listen. But then when when yeah. I'm calling every when we're having our call once a week, and it the focus is going back to him, I have to rein it back in because it's not serving that person if they're just going to obsess about what he did. I'm like we got to stick to your part in this. You chose it. You allow yeah. it. So let's go there. Yeah. Right. Right. And that's right. the same thing that judges. We'll tell you, Judge Tibbles mentioned mm-hmm. this when he was on Former the guest. show, that lawyers, when they put on a case, will talk all bad about the other side, which doesn't give the judge a clear indication of what your client can do or has done for the marriage or for the children mm-hmm. or the finances or the work or any of that. And 
the judges are looking for real people and real parents to come before them. And you're going to get a lot more mileage when you say, yeah, I've got three kids and they're different ages. And let me tell you, from six to nine o'clock at night is hard. I'm doing picking up from extracurricular activities, getting them fed, getting them bathed, getting the homework done, trying to get them to put down their electronics, like be real about it and not say, oh my God, the bedtime routine is so nice. It's not. The three-year-old and four-year-old <laughs> says, I want water 15 times. Yeah. Right? I, I, I think that gets to, to one of those sort of perennial questions. Like if, we're, if we're, we're talking about, you know, peeling back and finding your authentic self, also realizing that the complications of real life still exist, right? Like navigating through the hardship of the emotional decluttering that we're talking about is sometimes, I imagine, challenged by the fact that the three-year-old and four-year-old are still asking for water every night and a constant reminder of the reality of the relationship that you're existing in. I think that's spot on. But Deborah, my question is, when you're having guests or your your clients work with you on their 90-day plan... Oh, by the way, guys, do you know that every person that I'm working with, this is is it? This is what I'm attracting? I have all women clients right now, all women that are trying to get out of a relationship or get divorced or find a relationship. And when they're doing that, but they have kids with that other spouse or the one they're trying to get a divorce from. I don't have that. that I don't have that situation. You don't have that right now. I have have a woman that's been in this off and on relationship for seven years and she has her daughter from a previous marriage. Okay, gotcha. so I have that. And then I have another woman who's mm-hmm. going through a divorce, no kids. And I have another woman who is in her 30s that's desperately wanting to get married and keeps dating, as she puts it, assholes. They're all assholes. I go, well, they're not all assholes. Let's, let's, let's get through lunch, you know, bring it back. Yeah, let's get through lunch. <laughs> that's going to be the title of the episode. Just get let's through just lunch. Just get through lunch. <laughs> right. Just get through lunch with Deborah Jake. Deborah, yeah, uh, fantastic. Talk talk about the book. You're, you're excited to have the book is you, you've Can got you believe the book it? out. Let's I talk think about the that last journey, time huh? I was here, I mean, it was like we, I was still working on it. So yeah, the journey yeah. is I have a published book, Son of a Basque. And this is a manuscript that I found that was written over 40 years ago. It's Son of a Basque is based on my grandfather's life. It's a historical fiction mm-hmm. because he's no longer with us. He's on the book, but he's no longer with us. I rewrote a lot of it. And, you know, there were a lot of things that needed to be not changed, but, you know, kind of make it so everything matched. And, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of editing had to take place. But the story is beautiful. It's a beautiful story. And the reviews, you'll, I'm going to send you all a copy signed, but the, the reviews oh, are so good. And I, I had a, I, I was at the hair salon two days ago and I'm at the shampoo bowl and the girl's shampooing my hair. She goes, I'm halfway through your book. And I said, you are? Cause she's really young. <laughs> and I said, how old are you? And she tells me, right. She's like 24. And she goes, I love it. It's so fun. I go, wait a second. <laughs> You love my book. And she said, yeah. Oh, my God. It's so good. I go, you know what? That tells me everything because I was really marketing to 45 and up and mostly men because it's kind of a guy's story. Yeah, it's a guy's story. And she's like, no, I love it. And so I thought, wow, that's I don't know if she's just trying to 
have a conversation with me. But, you know, either way, you know, she said, I'm going to, she goes, I want to get it for my brother. And I said, I'll bring a copy for you next time I come in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm just saying, you know, it's been beautiful because now people are, you know, I've, you know, had a lot of people have bought it or I've given us gifts and, mm-hmm. and they've just said, come back to me and said, Deborah, I read it in two days. It's so, it's such a beautiful story. So now I'm working on the screenplay. Who would have thought? Are yeah. you really? No kidding. Well, fantastic. I'm available right? to uh, play the title character. Well, you have uh, a little Javier Bardem. Okay. I, little I could, little yeah, Javier I could, Bardem look. I think I he, could, I think I he would make the perfect <clears throat> main character for it. Um, I'm available to go to the movie, watch it, and eat popcorn. That's me, too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you, you're talking about this program. Tell us uh, where people can find out more about your work and the, the work you're doing for uh, relationships. Well, I'll tell you what. If anybody's listening to the show and something that I said resonate, they're like, I need to do an emotional cleanse, I will give them 50% off just from this show. And oh, so all they have to do is nice. go to my very website, generous. which is my name. It's so easy, DebraDriggs.com. Sign up for my personal letter and send me a note saying you heard me on this show. And I'll send them a link to, to okay. get 50% off. And I will also send anybody that subscribes to my newsletter, if they're not interested in coaching, a signed copy of the book. Lovely. So, some some nice. fun very holiday very gifts. Very I mean, it is. Yeah, we, so it's nice. the holidays. And I know <laughs> by the time this show airs, it'll be the new year. So guess what? Happy yeah. New Year gifts. Perfect. Outstanding. Outstanding. Well, this is, uh, as always, uh, Deb, it's great to see you. Thank you so much. Thank for you guys back so much. About Thank you. Your latest work. You're delightful. Uh, and uh, also, uh, again, happy belated Thank birthday. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, Seth, are we done? Last looks. You got anything else you want to... You got any plugs? You got anything have, you want to... I have no plugs, man. It's like the new year. <laughs> I'm working away. He's a lawyer. Like, holidays, it's holidays are all What else right. do you want to plug? Yeah, that's right. What else you got? <laughs> lawyer holidays. Okay, we're, we're recording this show right before Christmas, basically. Yeah. It's airing just after the new year. And here's what's happening. <laughs> I'm looking into the future, Okay. Mm-hmm. is I'm getting calls saying I'm never spending another holiday with my in-laws. That's oh, what's going on yeah. in my life right yes. now. Okay. So, yeah. no, I got no plugs. I'm in my office early in the morning, staying late at night, working on the weekends, haven't seen my fiance in days and weeks. Ugh. So that that's what's going on. But I appreciate you thinking about me, bud. Oh, always, always thinking about you. And thinking about all of you downloading and listening to this show, we sure appreciate your time and attention. If you have any questions, head over to howtosplittoaster.com and uh, you can tap a button that says, hey, I got a, I got a legal question. I want Seth to answer it. And uh, it'll go into the queue and Seth will answer it on an upcoming show. Thank you, everybody. On behalf of the fantastic Deborah Drake and Seth, Seth Nelson, America's favorite divorce attorney, I'm Pete Wright. And we'll catch you next week right here on How to Split a Toaster a divorce podcast about saving your relationships. Seth Nelson is an attorney with NLG Divorce and Family Law with offices in Tampa, Florida. While we may be discussing family law topics, how to split a toaster is not intended to, nor is it providing legal advice. Every situation is different. If you have specific questions regarding your situation, please seek your own legal counsel with an attorney licensed to practice law in your jurisdiction. Pete Wright is not an attorney or employee of NLG Divorce and Family Law. Seth Nelson is licensed to practice law in Florida.